Well, what's up, everybody? Hope you're doing great and having an incredible day, an incredible weekend. If you are new to Grace Church, welcome. We're so glad that you're here. My name is Aaron Olinsky. I'm the lead pastor here at Grace, and we just have a lot of wonderful things going on. You came on a fantastic week. This is week three of our Sons and Daughters series, and this has been an incredible series. I'm super excited about what God is doing, and I'm, I'm excited about today. In fact, I, I kind of even posted on Facebook that uh, you better watch out for today. Uh, so go ahead and tell the person next to you, you say, go ahead and get ready. Like, get ready. Tell them next to you, say, get ready. Put your seatbelts on. Uh, it's going to be, I'm excited. I'm pumped up. I've been praying. Uh, one of the things that I love to do is I love to fast and deny myself food and just kind of drink water as part of my spiritual discipline. And I love to do that on Mondays and just to write and sermon prep. And, and man, I'm telling you what, I was jacked up, excited on Monday, this, this past Monday. And it just is going to be amazing. And, and and even if you're here and you're not a Christian, like there are going to be some things in this message that you're going to be able to grab a hold of and principles for your life. Uh, but just obviously you're here in a church and we're a Christian church, so we believe in Christ and who he is as, as God's son. And so what happens is when we surrender our lives over to Christ, we become a son or a daughter uh, of him. We become a child of God, right? Isn't that so awesome? It's so significant. But what keeps us from the reality of living as a child of God. And so one of Satan's primary strategies is to prevent us from walking in our sonship or our daughtership. That's his goal. That's what he wants. That's what he's coming after us for. And so what happens is when we feel disconnected from our heavenly father, what do we feel? We feel insecure. We feel doubt. We have, we have fears. We have thoughts. We, we're just, we have uncertainty in our life. We feel alone. We feel abandoned. We even feel orphaned at times. And, and Jesus even experienced this. This is what I love about Christ. Everything that you and I go through, he experienced himself also. Even Jesus experienced this feeling. And he literally, in this example, in this verse, he is on the cross in Matthew 27, verse 46. About three o'clock, Jesus called out with a loud voice, Eli, Eli, lemma sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? This is Jesus, God's one and only son. And he's looking up to heaven going, God, why are we disconnected? Why do I feel disconnected from you? And so there are several examples of this all throughout scripture. And Jesus even described that hell is an eternal disconnect from the heavenly father. In one of his parables, he was talking about this and he was talking about the distance between heaven and hell. In Luke 16, verse 26, it says, and besides, there's a great chasm separating us. No one can cross over to you from here and no one can cross over to us from there. And so where does all this come from, right? The reality that sometimes we struggle with living as a child of God. Why do we get this way? Why do we feel this? And so I want to give this entire message on what's called the orphan spirit. And so right now you're probably going, well, the orphan spirit, what's that? I've never heard that before. And, and so what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you some background and I'm going, to, I'm going to explain things, how things unfold. But what happens is an orphan feels disconnected from the father and an orphan has no home. 
And so when you go back all the way at the beginning of Scripture, Satan was the first orphan. Uh, Lucifer was his first name. In fact, he was the worship leader in heaven. Uh, He would lead the angels in worship and sing towards God and bring worship and all attention and glory towards God, right? But then he came to this point where he began to be filled with pride, and he wanted to promote himself above God. He wanted to take God's place. And because of that, he was cast out of heaven and sent down. And the prophet Isaiah writes about this in Isaiah 14, starting in verse 12. It says, How you are fallen from heaven, O shining star, son of the morning. You have been thrown down to earth, you who destroyed the nations of the world. For you said to yourself, I will ascend to heaven and set my throne above God's stars. I will preside on the mountain of God's far away in the north. I will climb to the highest heaven and be like the most high. Instead, you will be brought down to the place of the dead, down to its lowest depths. And so when you look at this and what unfolds, pride began to rise up within Lucifer. And and then that's when he becomes Satan. That's when he becomes the devil. He's cast out of heaven and and he goes outside of God's authority. He has this disconnect from the father and he has no home. He's cast out. And so Satan is trying to do the same thing to all humanity. Like that's his intent. That's his purpose. He's trying to make us all feel the same way he does. And so when you go back in scripture, you, we understand you know, uh, that, that humanity begins in the Garden of Eden with the creation of Adam and Eve. And, and, and we, we know in scripture where it talks about how they had this incredible connection with God. Nothing was imperfect. Everything was amazing. They walked in the cool of the day with the Father. Like, can you imagine that? Just being so close, such an incredible and intimate relationship with the Father. And then Satan comes in. He tempts them. They fall. They sin, right? Sin enters into the world. And you have Genesis 3.23. So the Lord God banished them from the Garden of Eden. And so the consequence of their sin is they cannot remain in the garden, right? The garden is perfection. It's, it's, it's amazing. It's incredible. It's pure. And so as a result of that, they feel disconnected from the Father. And now everyone battles against an orphan spirit. And so you, you might be wondering, you know, well, oh gosh, you know, what's the deal? How does this work? And because sometimes, you know, when you talk about spirits, pe- people kind of get concerned. And, and so this is not a demonic spirit, right? I'm going to dive into this. And, and so even a person who's a believer, a follower of Christ can battle with this inside. In fact, I would dare say that 100% of us have battled this at one point in time or are struggling with it right now because we're seeking connection with the Father, right? And we desire a place to belong. That's just something God put inside of us. And that's what's amazing. And so there's good news with this. Even though we battle against it and we struggle and the enemy tries to to cause us to to fall into this and, and allow it to consume our life, there's great news, right? The incredible news is that God sent Jesus to reconnect us with him, right? So we can have this intimate relationship once again and we're restored. And so why when Jesus gave up his life on the cross, what did he give us, right? What, what do we gain as a result of Christ? And, and many this, this may sound really simple, but it's so important for us to lay this groundwork. And so Jesus laid down his life and he rose again so we could have eternity in heaven where we are reconnected with the heavenly father for all eternity. 
And we have this incredible ability then to call God our Father. Jesus even talks about it when, when, he's, when he teaches them how to pray. He says, you know, hey, our Father in heaven, right? This is so important. And so we need reconnection in a home. And Jesus said in John 14, verse 1, he says, don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. There is more than enough room in my Father's house. If this were not so, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? Right, So we want connection with the Father, and we want a place to belong. And Jesus creates a place for us in heaven. And it's like adding on a room, right? And because and more families added on, and that's incredible. And so then as a result of Jesus speaking this out, right, and people putting their faith in him, then he, in, in, he empowers us. He actually commissions us as the church. He says, okay, you, you now get this. You, you experience being born again and your spirit is renewed in me. And so now I need you to take this to other people. And so there's a process. There's a formula that, that how it lays out. So we are to bring Jesus to the world, to those that are lost, that need to be found, those that are hurting, that need to experience healing. That's our goal. That's our purpose. That's our mandate from Christ himself so that orphans will have a home. And so we, those of us that are in Christ, we have a mission, right? This is incredible. We have a purpose beyond ourselves. And a, an incredible way to get this, when you're talking about a series called Sons and Daughters, it is great for us to understand the analogy that we're family. And here's the deal. God wants his kids back, right? God does not want his kids disconnected from him at all. He wants them back. And so he empowers us through his Holy Spirit to do just that to show Jesus to other people, to love on them and encourage them and to talk to them and, and to, 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 to live differently that they might see Christ and we might reflect him. And so there are those that are disconnected from the Father. And so what happens is, even though we have the Holy Spirit, even though we're walking in this, at some times, if we're totally honest, we feel disconnected from God, Right? We do. There's times we may be even living for him and trying to do things, and, and we still feel this disconnect from the Father. And so I want to share with you the reality that we can be free from the orphan spirit, right? And that's what I want for every single one of you. Okay, I want this for every single one of us. And, and here's the reality. You could have had like a great dad, Right? And I hope that you did. And if you're a dad, I hope you're an amazing dad. I'm sure that you are. But even with having a great dad, a, a biological dad here on earth, it's possible that you still struggle with this. Right? And, and the majority of us do. But again, it's not this demon to be cast out. It's, it's, it's a spiritual influence that can be changed. And so let me explain further and, and even in depth. So we all have different tendencies, right? Different tendencies that we feel and we experience. And so someone with an orphan spirit will display something like a victim mentality, right? That's the first point. It's just, we may, may show that we have some type of victim mentality. And, and what happens is when we feel this, we feel like a victim about everything. We're, it's like we think that the world is out to get us. Everybody's against us and, and they're trying to take me down and we feel persecuted by other people. Every single situation, regardless of business person situation, you know, we feel attacked and everything. And what happens when we feel like a victim is we also begin to distort the reality, because we're looking through our, to, the, to our situation through a filter 
of feeling downtrodden or persecuted. So we see things differently than what they really are. And in fact, when we struggle with this victim mindset, we even will believe things that are not true about other people and about ourselves. And this happens all the time. Let me give you just a, a simple example. If maybe at work for you, right, where you work in your place of employment, you know, a business company, whatever, all of a sudden, you know, the higher ups, the, the executive team, VP, whatever, you know, owner of the company begins to make certain decisions and put in certain policies. A person with a victim mindset will think, oh, I bet that they're doing that because of me. I bet they're doing that because of the one thing that I did or one thing that I said, or, or if somebody's hired in your department in your area, a person with a victim mindset might go, oh, yeah, I, I, I better watch my back. Like they're hiring another person. They're probably trying to replace me. They're probably trying to push me out. And so what happens is, as a victim, we begin to think that everybody is after us and everything revolves around our lives. And even in, when successes happen for other people, when there's amazing things, right? But somebody experiences something great, a victim feels jealous uh, because it's their self-centered, and, and they can't see that maybe, just maybe, God is doing something in their life, and that maybe, just maybe, God is blessing them, and isn't that great for them? No, 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 they go, well, what about me? Because they'll look at a situation, and they'll go, well, I wish I had that. I see that they have that now. You know, they got a razor, they bought that, or it must be nice to go on vacations like they do. I wish I could dress like they do. I wish I had that. I wish I drove that. I wish my house was as big as theirs. And so orphans just make it all about them because of a victim mindset. And even, you know, sometimes in this victim mindset, it may present itself in different ways. It may come out as anger. Uh, it may come out as rage. And, and, and what happens is they're trying to be heard. They're, they're trying to bully other people to, because it's all about them and what they're experiencing. And so, what ha- they, you know, they use anger as a tool to manipulate their situation to make themselves feel better. And because really... It's all about them. They don't feel like they belong anywhere. And they don't feel connected to anyone around them. It's almost this sense of homelessness in life that we walk through. And let me give you another example. Uh, A person that battles with this orphan spirit that kind of struggles, you know, with this victim mindset will walk into a party right? Let's say it's a, a party and, you know, everybody's there. It's a work party or a fun party, a birthday party. And, and you walk in and automatically you walk into the house or the, the setting and you go, oh, I don't feel right. Uh, something's not right. I don't feel like I connect. I, I, don't, I didn't dress right. I, I don't feel like I belong. I don't really feel like I know these people. In fact, I, not only do I not know them, but I feel like a lot of these people are better than me. I'm not dressed appropriately, When it should be, you walk into a party and it should be, hey, let's have a great time. But a person with a victim mindset goes, oh, I I feel so insecure. I'm not sure. That's the orphan spirit manifesting when we walk into a situation like that. And so that's one of the tendencies. The second one that I want to share with you is uh, that an orphan will try and earn love. Where an orphan will say things like, did you see what I did? Did you, did you notice the, the things that, that I was trying to accomplish? Did, did you hear what I said? Did you, did, you liked it, right? It was good. P- please tell me, you know, it, you enjoyed it. It's this constant nagging feeling of, am I good enough? 
Do I have value? Do I have self-worth? Uh, just to share openly and honestly, in my life, in the past, I, I would say to my wife, and in fact, I even expected her to tell me that my Sunday morning messages were good. Like I would be done with them, you know, first service, second service, and I would go over to my spot and, and I would kind of lean over and be like, it was good, right? Like, honey, you got to tell me, like, I need you to tell me it was good. What did you think? What stood out? I was funny, right? I wanted to be funny. I wanted to be serious. I wanted to be impacting. I, did I do good? Are you proud of me? You are, I hope. And so what happens in doing that is I put my wife in the place of God. Um, I looked to her to give me what only God can give. Uh, so if we don't get that from our heavenly father, no amount of human praise, no amount of love and affection from another person will ever fill that bucket and that longing and our desire to try and earn love. That's the, one of the tendencies of an orphan. That an orphan may also struggle with number three, fear and shame. Uh, it's a constant feeling of anxiousness inside. There's just constant turmoil, constant discontent. There's never feeling settled, never feeling still, never being able to sit still, never being able to let our mind rest and our soul rest and our emotions rest. There's just this constant battle, turmoil inside of us that we experience because of fear and shame. And so what happens is we can only deal with so much of that. And because we feel disconnected from our Father, we look towards other things, other solutions. And we see this all the time, and we do this in our lives too. If we're totally honest, we're trying to escape, we're trying to cope with the fear and the shame, and so we medicate. We medicate with drugs, we medicate with alcohol, we may uh, allow a sexual addiction to rise in our life. We may look at pornography, we may smoke, we may spend. Spending is a way to try and ease and give ourselves comfort. And I mean, it may sit, we may sit down with a bucket of ice cream on the, on the couch with a spoon, and like we do something to cope, every single one of us. And a lot of people, like it, I'm very aware that a lot of people move towards alcohol. I mean, how many times have you thought or heard other people say or considered, I can't wait till Friday. I can't wait till the weekend. I can't wait to get off today. And it might even just be Monday. Oh, it's five o'clock somewhere. How many times have you thought that or heard that? And why? Why do we think that? Why do we experience? It's, it's not just sitting down and enjoying a drink, but it's because of all the stress and anxiety and it's possible that fear and shame are consuming your life and what you experience. I mean, fear manifests in so many different ways, right? Fear of making wrong decisions, fear of failure, uh, fear that something bad may happen to us, fear that we might not be able to control our situation, fear that we might end up alone, fear that we might experience rejection, in our life. And so this fear and anxiety just grows and flourishes and we stress overcomes us. Stress about bills and stress about work and salary and our kids and our grandkids. Stress about our health and, and our job and keeping our job and getting a raise and, and make, closing the deal and fear about school and, and the papers that are due and the exams and getting good grades. Like there's so much fear that consumes us in our life that we battle with. And, and so orphans often can get overcome 
with fear and certainly shame because of past decisions that they've made out of fear. Wrong decisions, inappropriate ones, allowed themselves to, to, to get involved with people that they knew they shouldn't. And that develops regrets and guilt. And the enemy is just standing there like with a fire hose, loading it down on us while we stand there and feel alone and disconnected from the Father and disconnected from people in the church. That's an orphan spirit. And it might be that you connect with, with some of those, but then I also want to just draw this fourth one out, and it's that often orphans feel easily offended. Uh, this is a big deal. This is, honestly, this is really rampant in our nation, in our culture. We are so easily offended. People get offended about everything, anything that somebody says or does, like we take offense immediately. It could be somebody at work. They say things we think they're attacking us. It could be somebody here at church. It could be me. You could be think that I'm, I, I offend you because of the fact that I'm talking about an orphan spirit. And you're like, why is he confronting me? Why? He's judging me. I can feel it. And so some, it could be some, one of the groups. You sign up for a connection group. You get in and you go, oh, I don't want to reveal too much because they might think of you know, something about me. And, and, and somebody does have a conversation with you. It's awesome and amazing. And, and you feel offended. Uh, because of it. And the reason we feel offended about everything is because we're so self-centered. We think that the world revolves around us and everything's about us. And it's very me focused, right? You can walk into a birthday party, you can walk into a wedding and it's about the birthday girl, the, the guy, or it's about the couple at the wedding. Let's say you go into a wedding. It's all about the couple, right? But unfortunately, when, we, when we're easily offended, we make everything about us. Well, what am I going to wear? You know, to the wedding, I know the, the dress and the tux and, and all that stuff. And, you know, but what am I going to wear? Did, did they like my gift? You know, what I bought them, I, I really kind of took time to go through the registry to get something that they wanted. What table am I sitting at? Who, who am I sitting with? Who did they put me with, you know, for the reception? Because I, I really, you know, I really want to know. It's a big deal. Hey, did you see how they all walked around? You know, the couple walked around, talked to everybody. They didn't really come to my table and talk to me for very long. I'm, I'm kind of like, what's up with that? They, they seem to talk with other people for a longer time, but not me. Instantly making everything about you because you've been hurt before. You've been let down. You've been disappointed in relationships. And so it's no wonder that we have issues connecting with God. Right? When you lay all this out and you look at every single one, and so what Satan does is he keeps using this and he keeps bringing it on the onslaught, making us feel like we're attacked, making us feel like we're disconnected from the Father and we have no home, like an orphan, making us feel that. And all of us deal with this in one way or another. And maybe right now you, you feel like I've punched you in the stomach or punched you in the face and you might be mad at me and that's okay. But here's the deal. Please understand my heart behind all this. This is something that I had to address in my life and I had to experience. And I'll share a story about that in just a moment. But right now I need you to ponder and think and look introspectively because every single one of you, you have one of these little cards, a little blank blue card and a pen. And so what I want you to do is go ahead and pull that out right now. And I want you to write down the area where you think that you may struggle in the orphan spirit. And you feel free to write down a couple things. I gave you four examples. Maybe some of those resonate with you. 
right? It could be fear. It could be shame. It could be feeling self-centered, being easily defended, trying to earn other people's love. Maybe something else. Go ahead and take a moment and write it down. What aspect of this has the enemy brought against you time and time and time again? Now, we do want you to write those things down on there. And I know right now you're probably hoping that the person next to you doesn't see it. And I get it. Like, I totally get it. And, and you can see that we have these wooden crosses up here. And yeah, we're going to transition and, and have you interact with these and nail those to the cross. And here's why. Okay, here's why. There is hope. Okay, please understand, I'm not trying to load you down with guilt and make you walk out of here feeling bad about yourself. In fact, I want you to leave your guilt and shame and fear all at the cross. Like, I want you to leave it here. Like, leave the weights and the burdens that you're carrying. And so uh, let me share just a, an aspect of my life. I have been saved, born again, knew Jesus my entire life. My parents uh, raised us in church, Sunday school, Bible school, vacation Bible school, like all of them. I've been baptized four times. I was christened in the Catholic church. I, I knew Christ in the non-denominational church when I was 12, and I was baptized in a pool in the backyard of one of my friend's house. I was baptized in the Jordan River when I went to Israel in 2012. I've been baptized in the Holy Spirit. God has revealed so much to me over the course of my life. But over the past couple of years, he has peeled away a new layer in me. And I'm, I'm so excited to share all of this with you. He changed me. He changed me because I struggled so badly with this orphan spirit. And I, honestly, I had no idea. I had no clue. But I would constantly be battling these feelings and emotions of shame and guilt and fear and, and insignificance. And I'm going, what, what is this? Why? How, how can I overcome this? And so finally... It came to the point where through some amazing people in my life and just really being raw and candid before the Lord, he just peeled away these layers and changed me. And so how can we all be healed? Because I want this for you too, right? I mean, we, we can be healed from the orphan spirit. We can transition into sonship and daughtership, right? Again, it's not cast out like a demon. In fact, it's replaced, Right? So we take this orphan spirit, we push the orphan spirit aside, and we replace it with something else. Let me show you. This is incredible. I hope that just the Lord reveals to you through this scripture. This is Romans chapter 8, verse 12. Therefore, who? Dear brothers and sisters, sons and daughters, you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. We are not obligated to do what our thoughts think, our emotions think, or our actions. For if you live by its dictates, you will surely die. But if through the power of the Spirit you put to death the deeds of your sinful nature, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. That's the orphan spirit. You have not received the orphan spirit that makes you fearful. Instead, you receive God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba Father, which basically is the Hebrew term for daddy. We call him dad for his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm 
that we are God's children. And so I hope that, like, this is powerful. This is life-changing. This is life-altering for every single one of us, where we're led by the Spirit of God. We're brought into adoption. God looks at us as a son or daughter. We're God's children. Like, that's amazing. That should be incredible. But we're just not living like it. We're not taking that on as a title, as a lifestyle, as an ownership. Uh, you know, so we have to have the self-awareness in who we are to begin to think like a son or daughter, to begin to process like a son or daughter, to have our emotions be like a son or daughter, where we go, I'm no longer bound by that. I'm no longer held down by that orphan spirit. No, 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 I'm adopted in. I have a dad and he loves me and he, and he makes a house for me a home in heaven. I'm free. I'm liberated once and for all, free from acting like a victim, free from shame and fear. We don't have to be bound by fear anymore. In fact, fear is one of the, one of the ways, one of the schemes that the devil uses against us. We don't have to be bound by that anymore. It's for, gone, done. We, we, we're, we can be done with being offended by everybody. And we can simply say, I'm adopted. I'm a child of God. And so here's what I want to encourage you with. Today, we can walk away from slavery because we are enslaved by the Spirit and we can start walking as a son or daughter of the King. Do you know what a son of the King is? He's a prince. Do you know what a daughter of the King is? She's a princess. When you're a prince or a princess and this is your dad's kingdom, you walk differently. I mean, come on, somebody. That's why we all look at royalty throughout the world and we're enamored by it. We're interested by it. Why? Because there's something about it that stirs inside of us. You are royalty. You just aren't living like it. And so I want you to know the truth, right? We're talking about the truth of God's word, the truth in our life. God speaks out truth. And so when those thoughts and feelings and emotions come in, we have to be able to identify them as a truth or a lie. So don't believe the lies because who lies? It, Satan lies. It says he's the father of lies. He's the deceiver. He wants us to think, no, you're not good enough. No, you're not valuable. No, you don't have self-worth. No, you can't be a son or daughter. Look at all the things that you've done. That's guilt. He's trying to load you down. Those are lies. Be able to identify the truth that God speaks over you and the lies of the enemy and say, no, I'm not allowing that to dictate my life any longer. My identity is in Christ. It even says in scripture that we can take our thoughts captive, right? I mean, take them captive. Our thoughts, take them captive, identify truth or lie, push the lies aside. God, what do you say about me? A son or a daughter of the king walks differently, lives differently, speaks differently, thinks differently, processes. And here's the reality. When, when this started to saturate my soul and it changed me, I am not kidding you. There would be days where a hundred times, no exaggerating, a hundred times I would go, I'm a son of the king. I'm a son of the king. I'm adopted by God. My identity is in Christ. That all these attacks, and because the enemy was trying to hold me down and keep me back, because he didn't want me to share all this with you, holding me back. No, I'm, my identity is in Christ. I know I don't, I'm not listening to that anymore. That's a lie that you're deceiving me. And, and, and maybe, just maybe, you need to say that to yourself a hundred times. 
today and tomorrow and the rest of this week. Maybe you need to read Romans 8. Allow, read it over and over and over again. Let the Lord speak over you through his word. Every single day, we can have this. Every day. Can you imagine how you would walk through the kingdom, through life, as royalty? I think that we would be different. And I hope that you're able to grab a hold of this. And please understand, it is only because of God's love for us. It is only because of Christ and his sacrifice and his power over sin and death. It's only because of the Holy Spirit and us allowing him to come in and lead us. That's how this works. And you and I, we just get to enjoy it. It's like a party. And so walk around the party a little bit differently. So what we want to do is we're going to close strong. We're going to close powerful. We're going to close worshipful and full of praise. And so what I want every single one of you to do is as an act, right? Because we have to take steps forward. We have to break free, right? If we have chains around us, if we're, if we're shackled, we have to break those off and leave them behind. So that's what we have with the crosses. Extremely powerful for you to take this paper, to come forward. There's hammer and there's nails at the bottom of the cross. Take, take the nail, stick it in the middle of the paper, drive it into the wood. That's exactly what we want, it, want you to do because leave it here. You do not have to take this with you any longer. Please don't nail it to the cross. And are you gonna feel a little bit awkward coming up? Yeah, I get it, but that's part of the process. I mean, just think how, what God is doing inside of you and how amazing it's gonna be. He's setting you free. So please feel free. In just a moment, I'm gonna pray and, and you'll be able to come forward. And, and I, we want you to worship like with all your guts. And so when you get back to your seat, praise Jesus for being set free. And then also we just, we're gonna have part of our prayer team up here at the front. If you want an added level of prayer, like we will be up here and we will pray with you. And like, it's gonna be so powerful and significant. So what I want you to do right now is I want you to go ahead and stand up, hold your paper in your hand and I'm gonna pray. And then I want you to come and make a line if you need to, but let's go before the Lord. God, you're awesome. God, you're powerful and strong and so significant. Thank you for being our dad. You're our dad, you're our dad. And we are your sons and we are your daughters. And Lord, thank you so much for your presence, for your Holy Spirit. Lord, we wanna just get after this. We wanna be set free. And so Lord, we just declare that now that you would transform us, transform our mind, transform our heart, our emotions, that we would be set free and liberated. Lord, you see us as royalty. You see us as pure, clean. And so, Lord, would you just inspire us, encourage us that we would break free and live for you. In Jesus' name, amen.